The information you want, the information you need on your Tri-Cities Morning News. Happy Friday, October 22nd to you. This is the Kona News Podcast, an abridged version of the Tri-Cities Morning News that you hear weekdays on News Radio 610 KONA. We'll start with our usual assortment of local and regional stories for the Pacific Northwest. I'm Derek Maselli. And I'm Glenn Vaughan. An unexpected day off for kiddos yesterday attending Grandview schools after a threat of violence was discovered on social media. I guess phone calls are going back and forth um, in the early morning hours this morning between the police department and our um, administrators. And by 4.50, the call was made to go ahead and cancel school today. Grandview Communications Manager Elna Olmsted says police are investigating the threat, which was found on Snapchat. Schools are scheduled to open today. Yesterday was International Credit Union Day. To mark the occasion, several major area credit unions teamed up to support goodwill with uh, funding and a donation drive targeted toward business attire. People looking for jobs that maybe need a little help um, paying for new new clothing to uh, go out and interview in, they can come to goodwill and get great clothes at a great price. Gisa Federal Credit Union Angie Brotherton says they've also been able to provide goodwill with vouchers so that uh, those who need help buying business clothes can do so with it impacting their budgets. Traffic snarled on I-90 for hours yesterday, eventually shut down near Moses Lake when a big rig rolled onto its side after striking a light pole around 1 a.m. The driver, Arthur Daschuk, he's 20 years old, was transported by aid to Samaritan Hospital. Don't know the extent of his injuries. He did wear a seatbelt, fortunately. WSB Trooper John Bryant says the uh, semi-driver admitted that he was tired and he will most likely be cited. Kennewick Police investigating a car theft that took place Thursday morning. Victims, uh, the, the victim's vehicle was left running and someone took advantage of that. Authorities say these types of crimes will increase as the weather gets colder. You can lessen the chances of your vehicle being taken by using remote start technology or simply uh, staying in your vehicle or not leaving it unattended while it's warming up in the drive or in the street outside in the morning. Police in the Pullman area are asking for help to find suspects in last month's deadly shooting near Washington State University's College Hill area. Authorities have released pictures of seven people seen at a party that left a King County community activist dead and a WSU football player wounded. Investigators initially charged a man, George Harris III, in connection with that shooting, but records show that he pulled out a gun after he was attacked and fired off at least one round during that fight. At this point, Whitman County prosecutors have not filed any charges. Court documents shining some light on a Wenatchee school board challenger who finds himself defending a previously dismissed weapons charge that stemmed from an accident at SeaTac Airport. The documents released on Matt Von Bogart. Van Bogart was arrested in September of 2019 for bringing an unloaded 38 caliber semi-automatic handgun through a TSA checkpoint. Van Bogart claims he forgot to unpack the gun from a bag he used in a previous trip, saying, quote, While not attempting to share or pass blame, this honest accident happens many, many times a year across the U.S. He is challenging incumbent Maria Iniguez for position two on the school board. Brian Lamb reporting. Well, COVID vaccinations are not required. Right now, we have about uh, eight openings. We expect to be about 12, and uh, we are looking to hire um, deputy sheriffs. 
That's the message from Lieutenant Eric Magnuson and the Benton County Sheriff's Office. It echoes a sentiment of recruitment ad put out by Spokane County Sheriff Ozzie Knezovich earlier this week. We have done multiple videos in this community with our public health professionals trying to get people to get vaccinated. The one thing I am anti is these mandates. The Washington State Patrol recently terminated 130 personnel due to vaccination requirements. A handful of Seattle police officers were also released. Problems in prisons. One Washington state senator says Governor Inslee's vaccine mandate causing a headache behind bars. Senator Keith Wegener says prisons were already understaffed before the pandemic and the mandate only makes the problem worse. And that puts everybody at risk. It puts our correctional professionals at risk and it puts our inmates at risk and it's a bad situation for everybody. The Cedar Woolley Republican says staff shortages are preventing many inmates from being able to participate in prison programs. They don't get free time anymore. They don't get access to rehabilitative programs. They have a hard time getting access to counseling. I'm Tracy Ellis. West Benton Fire and Rescue has created a new firefighter-only position that does not fall under the state's COVID-19 vaccine mandate. The fire chief says those filling the role will respond strictly to blazes and will not provide any medical-related duties. Around the world in 80 days? How about 274? Coming up, we'll talk with NBC's Rory O'Neill about a new cruise being offered by Royal Caribbean right here on the Kona News Podcast, an abridged version of the Tri-Cities Morning News. This is the Kona News Podcast, a shortened version of what you hear weekdays on the Tri-Cities Morning News. Derek Maselli and Glenn Vaughan talking with Rory O'Neill, NBC News correspondent. Rory, I'll be honest, it's been a long time since I was on a cruise. And not to be Debbie Downer, I actually got a little bit seasick, and that's probably just my personality. Ah. And it was only like a four-day cruise. So I can only imagine how seasick one could get if you're on a 274-day <laughs> cruise. Talk to us about what Royal Caribbean has up their sleeve. Well, you'd have your sea legs after a while. So <laughs> I'd have a lot is a what I'd have. Uh, uh, well, think of it as a way to get rid of all that buffet you've been eating. Uh, yeah, so Royal Caribbean is offering this cruise around the world, all seven continents, 11 wonders of the world, more than 60 countries, 150 destinations. Now, it set sail from Miami December 10th of 2023. It returns to Miami September 10th of 2024. So it's a, it's a heck of a journey, uh, really the trip of a lifetime, uh, when you consider all the places you go. Talk about the trip of a lifetime. Rory, is this kind of like the cruise equivalent of now sending people to space? I mean, it seems very awfully <laughs> ambitious. Like, you know, if I am ex- if I have more money than I know what to do with, I can either go to space or I can now take a trip around the world in 274. Is that kind of what this is? Is the cruise line <laughs> retaliation to now what we're seeing in that trend toward commercial space flight? Well, yeah, well, well, what they're seeing is, you know, it, it's people are retired. This is mostly for retirees, let's face it, uh, because who else has 274 days? You know, I took, a, I took a year off to go around the world a couple of years back, so I actually did spend a year traveling around the world. Wow. This would have done all the work for me. Uh, which is, the, I mean, I sold my house and sold my car and sold everything I have to sort of make this vagabond trip, but this is going to be going in style on, uh, on a big cruise ship. 
My thing is, uh, you are in uh, you know, the, the price of this thing. Uh, if you are in an interior cabin, no windows, interior cabin, the prices start per person at sixty-one thousand mm. dollars. So uh, that's you know one hundred and twenty-five grand basically for a couple for an interior cabin and those tiny little bathrooms. That's a uh, that's a struggle. <laughs> that could be trouble. Now, Rory, I'm going to show once again my ignorance here. Um, I, yep. I'm aware of ports on at least six of our continents. How does one visit Antarctica? Maybe you guys don't get off the ship. What's that all about? No, you do. No, I haven't seen the specific details. But, uh, yeah, there are plenty of cruises that sail to Antarctica. That hmm. Essentially, you go by tender. So when you get down there, I've, I've investigated all this. It's about twelve grand just for a trip to Antarctica because that's the only continent I haven't been to, right? Oh. So I sort of was looking at how you could do this. Uh, but not on such a – this is rare for a big ship like this one to go down there. Uh, but, yeah, they can tender you out um, to get you out there. What's more than likely expected to happen is that you'll go – the big ship goes to Ushuaia docks down there, and then you'll hop a smaller ship uh, for the trip to Antarctica. You know, you know, Rory, that also brings up a question. Uh, you're pointing out a cruise ship is not really uh, spacious. I mean, they can be very large in size, but still you've got a lot of people in one confined area for a small amount of time. Where are you putting all of your clothes? Because I'm pretty sure you don't want to wear a parka in Jamaica, and you also don't <laughs> want to wear a tank top down in Antarctica. Yeah, you got to plan accordingly. That's a good point. Uh, yeah, that's that would be difficult to figure out. Yeah, packing for this would be something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the big trick is everyone you, they stick their luggage under the under the under the bed. You remember that? Uh, that's where they the, where you stick the luggage. But uh, yeah, just the shoes alone you'd have to bring for this trip, and the gloves and the hats and the scarves that you then pack away when you are in India because you certainly won't need them there or Singapore. Mm-hmm. Oh boy, yeah, no. hot. Roy, we often hear of these, you know, most folks are, I shouldn't say most, but many folks have taken an Alaskan cruise or Caribbean cruise, and uh, that's plenty of adventure enough for for many. But is there any talk about enhanced, you know, safety protocol or processes for now literally bouncing around the world over the course of an entire year from port to port? It just seems like perhaps the risk there. Uh, might be a little higher, or is this really no different than what cruise ships are doing all the time? We're just seeing it in one instance here. Well, I, I well, I think you're, you know, if you are going to be suddenly on this ship and one day you're in, uh, you know, Rio de Janeiro, and two months later you're in uh, Tasmania, uh, you, you know, you're just going to be exposed to different people in different places, and and you'll be exposed to more people than you would be if you just stayed home and probably went to the office every day, right? So. Uh, that would put you at more risk for things. But it doesn't sail until December of 2023. Hopefully things calm down a bit by then, and, and we'll see what's going on you know, uh, pandemic-wise. So, Rory, here's the big question. I know you already took that year off to travel the world, but if you were the lucky lotto winner of this ticket, would you be on the Royal Caribbean from 2023 into 2024? Yeah, well, the nice thing, too, is that they break this down into four segments. So if you don't want to do the whole thing, you can just book a segment. So I was looking at the segments. I was doing some of the research here. Because if you leave from Miami, you end up basically go down south, go around the southern tip of South America and, and dock back in Los Angeles. And that's the end of the trip. I'm like, oh, that wouldn't be terrible because it gets to Antarctica. And that's the one continent I haven't been to. So I, I'm like, oh, that's not – see what the, I haven't seen the price of it, though. Rory O'Neill, also known as Magellan, thanks for joining us this morning on the Tri-Cities Morning News.
You're listening to the Kona News Podcast, a shortened version of what you hear weekday mornings on the Tri-Cities Morning News. Derek Maselli, Glenn Vaughan with you. Let's take a look at some national headlines unfolding across the country. A deadly accident on the set of Alec Baldwin's movie down in New Mexico. Authorities say the actor discharged a prop gun while filming a scene yesterday, killing the film's director of photography, a 42-year-old, and wounding uh, the director themselves. ABC's Kaylee Hartung has more from Santa Fe. Baldwin, a producer and star of the movie, visibly distraught outside the Santa Fe County Sheriff's Office after being questioned by authorities. Production shutting down immediately. Officials confirming 42-year-old cinematographer Helena Hutchins died after being airlifted to the hospital. Once again, that was ABC's Kaylee Hartung. And Glenn, it's something that we had talked about just in the break, a freak accident of sorts, it seems, but certainly something that isn't completely unheard of, as there have been stories before. Mm -hmm. It's so bizarre. It's so bizarre. Thoughts and prayers going out to everybody involved. Tragic indeed. In other news, no relief in sight when it comes to rising gas prices, an intense hurricane season, a fuel shortage overseas, and more people on the road getting the blame. ABC News Transportation correspondent has more on that. These high gas prices are expected to stick around through Thanksgiving, possibly even longer. The president said last night that he doesn't expect these gas prices to start dropping until 2022. That's Gio Benitez, ABC News transportation correspondent. The FBI has confirmed what many people already suspected, that the human remains discovered this week in a Florida nature preserve are those of Brian Laundrie, the fiancé of murdered travel blogger Gabby Patino. But ABC's Jim Ryan says the book is far from closed on this case. Brian Laundrie's parents waited two days before reporting that their son had gone for a hike, and they were present when his belongings were finally found in Florida's Carlton Reserve. Stephen Bertolino is the attorney for the Laundries and says Chris Laundrie is angry. He's frustrated because this is his child. And now they have to answer questions from people saying, but you planted things there. An assertion that Bertolino flatly denies. Jim Ryan, ABC News. No word yet on whether the Justice Department will prosecute Steve Bannon for refusing to comply with a subpoena from the January 6th commission. The former Trump advisor could face up to a year in prison and a $100,000 fine if he is eventually found guilty. More from ABC News congressional correspondent Rachel Scott. Nine Republicans joined every single Democrat in the House voting to hold Bannon in criminal contempt after he refused to testify or hand over documents related to January 6th. Lawmakers in Investigating the insurrection say Bannon had specific knowledge about the events planned for that day before they occurred. Still, the majority of Republicans standing by Bannon claiming it's all a witch hunt and a waste of time. Washington state has over 3,000 new coronavirus cases. The State Department of Health reported the new cases yesterday, along with 125 new hospitalizations and 46 COVID-related deaths. The state's cumulative death total since the pandemic began, now 8,000. 417. The Oregon Health Authority, meanwhile, says 550 people died with COVID-19 but were not counted in the state's total due to a technical error. They had been adding the deaths manually and in the process of automating the information, developed a backlog of reported deaths dating back between May and August of this year. NOAA's winter outlook is for cool, wet weather if you're sticking around in the northwest. Drought conditions are forecast to persist and develop in the southwest and southern plains, while in the Pacific Northwest, northern California, the upper Midwest, and Hawaii are likely to experience drought improvement. That's John Gottschalk with NOAA's Climate Prediction Center. 
Putting a focus on salmon spawning. Improving salmon spawning habitat is one of the goals of ecology for helping recover salmon populations. And this rule is just one component of that. Chad Brown with the Department of Ecology. He says that depleted levels of oxygen and more sediments are leading to salmon finding it hard to find quality spawning grounds. The fine sediment that is caused through human actions getting into those salmon beds, whether you have high dissolved oxygen or not, then that water can't flow through and that oxygen can't be delivered. Adding that development itself isn't necessarily the problem, so much so as the fact that it's being done incorrectly. A five-year-old boy badly hurt after a crash yesterday afternoon in the Wapato area. This all went down around 1 p.m. off Branch Road. When the Yakima County Sheriff's deputies responded, they found the child laying in the roadway. Medics arrived and took him directly to um, Memorial Hospital, and we heard that he has now been um, airlifted to uh, to Harborview. In Seattle. Yakima County Sheriff uh, Casey Skiproot says the driver of the car also hurt a one-year-old boy inside of that vehicle was okay. Local real estate trends for the month of September are out. We do see some slowdown in market activity and a little bit of rise in the homes on the market. Truth of the matter is, is we're still at historic highs as far as the average sold price of a home. Tri-Cities Association of Realtors incoming president Ron Almstead says homes on the market sat an average of 11 days last month before they were bought. Last year, it was 27. Seattle-based uh, Air Group, uh, Alaska Air Group, excuse me, reporting its first unaided profit since the COVID-19 pandemic began. The parent company of Alaska Air announced on Thursday that it turned a quarterly profit of $194 million for the third quarter. Company management says it intends to hire roughly 3,000 people next year as part of an aggressive growth plan. However, Alaska Air pilots also held a news conference the same day to protest stalled contract talks and general unhappiness within the pilot ranks. One Oregon senator asking the Federal Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services to review pharmacy closures nationwide. It follows the events earlier this year in which Eugene-based Bymart announced it's closing 56 pharmacies in the Northwest and handing those clients over to Walgreens. Bymart cited increasing costs and reimbursement pressure as the reasons. Senator Ron Wyden says he wants to know whether fees imposed by Medicare Part D and a pharmacy benefit managers are driving those closures. There's been another installment of the Kona News podcast, an abridged version of what you hear weekday mornings on the Tri-Cities Morning News. Make sure you listen in regularly for all this, plus the extra content that you don't hear in the podcast, such as BT Trivia additional news stories and interviews. Derek Maselli saying thanks for listening.